Hi everyone from my side, a warm welcome to our service, our whole Prodeo family, everyone watching on Silskos and if you're watching today for the first time, I'm so glad that you have joined us for our second part of our series, Why Work Matters. I believe work matters not only to us but it also matters to God. And that is why we started this series to dig a little deeper to find out if work actually has a design or whether it's just this random thing we do to put food on the table. Um, we're looking a little bit about the problems, at the problems that we face with work and at some healthy answers. We're doing all of this from a Christian biblical perspective. We want to see what the Bible says about work. So if you're a Christian, I believe this will benefit you greatly. If you're not a Christian, I also believe it will benefit you greatly. And I want to encourage you to stay tuned because it might just give you a couple of answers that you have been asking questions about your whole life. But let's do a quick recap. Last week, we talked about the topic, the design for work. And we found out that work is not just something we do by accident, by chance. We are made in the image of God. God is a working God. God gave us work as a gift. It's part of the blessedness of the garden that He put human beings into. It is not bad. It was a good thing. It was a perfect thing. And it had a beautiful purpose. God worked and He worked for a reason. He worked to care for us, to provide for us. And He wanted human beings to continue that process of working, of creating, of turning chaos into order, of creating things that will benefit His creation and specifically other human beings. So we said last week, one of the best ways for you to actually love your neighbor might just be to do your work in a competent way excellent way but last week we we learned this we learned that work has a design it is it is there for reasons there for purpose it's it's good for us it's something beautiful and blessed then on wednesday we had community group and that's where we get really practical we start asking the deep questions we talk to each other about it and we find ways on how to apply this to our life and a lot of people said they struggle to see any of the good of God's design for work. They struggle to see the good in their work. It is really hard for them. They talked about how um, they don't experience this perfect design of God in their work life. And that is why today we are at the second part of our topic because you might feel exactly that way. You're like, I hear you. I know it's God's design. It should be good. But it doesn't feel that way. It feels like I'm always running into problems when it comes to work. So today our topic is the problem with work. If work is a blessing, then why does it feel like there's so many problems attached to it? Right? We, it doesn't always feel super creative. It, it doesn't always feel like it's life-giving. It doesn't always feel like I'm making a difference through my work. Um, I have goals and I've got these dreams and it seems like I can just never achieve them. They're always ahead of me, never getting closer. I work super hard. I know with this input, I should get this result, but I give the input. I work hard and I just don't see the results I was hoping for. Um, sometimes it just plainly feels like work is sucking the life out of you. And the question is why? Why do we face these problems with work? Why do they exist? And when we looked at the design for work, 
we went back to the beginning of the Bible. We went back to God's design of the universe, of earth, of human beings. We found an, our, our answer last week in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. So if we could find our answer for, for the design for work, I'm sure we can find our answer for the problems that work has in Genesis as well. So let's do, a, let's do a little bit of background before we read. By the way, if you want to open your Bible so long, we're reading today from Genesis 3, verse 17 to 19. But as you open, let's, let's do some background. God created human beings. Work was his blessing. He said, work the garden, take care of it. And then he planted this tree in the garden and he said, you cannot eat of that tree. I don't believe it was necessarily a magical tree or anything weird. The principle was God wanted Adam and Eve to trust Him completely. And at the end of the day, the serpent comes to Eve. She decides to eat of that fruit. And that kind of caused a ripple effect of things to go wrong. And we're going to read about that today in Genesis 3. What is the consequences of that ripple effect? In verse 17, God is now speaking. After this happened, he spoke to Eve. And now he's speaking to Adam specifically about, guess what? Work. Verse 17. To Adam, God said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat fruit from it all the days, food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, from dust you are, and to dust you will return. Because at this moment in time, the nature of human work changed forever. That specific moment in time. When Adam and Eve decided to do sin. Now what is sin? The literal translation of the Greek word amartia means to miss the mark. So someone who would throw a spear at a goal missed it. But when we talk about sin, we think about rebellion against God. About God's design for us as human beings. And sin is going against His design. Going against His will. It creates separation between us and God. It creates separation between us and and other people. Sin affects every area of our life and it often leads to this into it, it leads to the disintegration of those areas whether they are spiritual or physical or social, cultural, psychological, relational and sin even leads lead and leads to the disintegration of God's design of work. It messes it up. That is what sin does. It causes chaos in beauty. Three results, God says. There will be three results because of your rebellion, because you decided to go against my design. You're going to face three results when it comes to work. Okay, he says, it will be painful toil. He says, there will be thorns and thistles. And he says, it will take sweat. So, so when I read this, there's this big question. 
Does it mean because Adam and Eve sinned, because they rebelled against God, does that now mean now suddenly we read about that the land is cursed, that, that there's thorns and thistles and pain and sweat. Does it mean that God hates people now? Does it mean that God just wants to make life difficult for them? Why are all these things, why is this the, the result of what human beings did? Is it just that God is nasty and wanted bad things for us? And I believe the answer is no. It is not that God God wanted to ruin work for us. It's not that God wanted to make life hell on earth for us. It's not that God wanted to make things bad. God loved us. He created everything beautifully and perfectly for our enjoyment. He made it for us. That is who He is. And all of that is still there. The beauty of this world, the beauty of God's design for work is still here. But because of human rebellion because of the sin something changed the question is what is that thing because of sin we started to live against the grain of our design we started to live against the grain of our design now i like to do wood woodwork in my free time and especially if you're working um with with something like oak that can sometimes splinter off with, with on its grain you want to do any form of sanding with the grain and not against the grain it leaves nasty marks it makes the wood split a little bit you don't want to do it sin caused us to live against the grain of our design. God created something beautiful. Sin didn't make Him hate us. Sin didn't make Him take the beauty away from us. The beauty is still there, but we are now living against it. So I want us, as we talk about this today, to first understand that God did not ruin the world and God did not ruin work for us. But since we are working against His beautiful, perfect design, it led to certain things. Some of the wood is splintering away. And what is that? We read about three things, right? First, um, God said there will be painful toil. By the way, if you read one verse earlier, verse 16, He also said that to the woman, to Eve. He said, now even your labor, and He's not talking about physical labor, like work labor. He's talking about the other kind of physical labor, childbirth. He says that will now be painful. So even for Eve, the work of bringing a child into the world, He said, will become painful. And for for all human work, he said, labor will now be painful. It will be painful toiling. So instead of work being enjoyable, can you remember last week we said God didn't have to do work, right? We read, we read that he planted a garden. He didn't have to do that. But God worked for the pure enjoyment of it. That's part of, we, we need that in our lives. It's part of, it's a basic human need. And instead of work being enjoyable and bearing fruit, now suddenly work will include pain and conflict and envy and fatigue. All of those things that we don't always want to experience because we're going against the grain that gets added to the mix. So joy is still there. The joy that God wanted that he put into the design, but not only joy. Now we've added something broken into this. The second one he's talking about is thorns and thistles. So basically saying, as you seek to grow food from the land, other weeds, thorns and thistles will come up with it. So now suddenly you, they are competing for resources, for water. Uh, the, 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 the weeds have the potential to strangle the good food that you are growing. 
And if you're like, Leah, but I'm not a gardener, so what, what does thorns and thistles have to do with me? This is a, this is a, gardening is a representative of all human labor. Okay, so it's not just gardening. It's not just the physical thorns outside. This is all human labor. And what does it mean? Instead of creation, everything working with you, so the resources, the, the ground that you're planting your seed in, the water, the people you're working with, um, the, everything around you, instead of creation working with you, you will now experience outside opposition. So not only inside pain in what you're doing, it's difficult, but there is constant outside opposition competing with you competing against what you're trying to do so it means suddenly frustration is part of work we will always envision more than we can accomplish we will always um, think that we we have this great idea and it's just going to run smooth and then something will sidetrack it from the side it's like the thing that we often I, you've probably said this in your work life i'm sure you have i've said this so many times it feels like i'm going two steps forward and one step back. The third thing is, God said, you will now earn your food with the sweat of your brow. So what he's saying is, where work previously was easy, now it becomes really hard. Okay, you're not just going to walk through the garden and pick all these fruit from the tree. Now you will have to work with sweat of your brow to earn that food. You have to work harder, you have to put more hours into whatever you're doing to see something of the fruit that God's design of work would have delivered. So it means that in this broken world that we're living in, because of our rebellion against God, the beauty is still there, but we added some pain into the mix. And, and we added the thorns and the thistles and we added the sweat. And it means that in this world, frequently, we will experience that our work is less fruitful than we were hoping it to be. Work is forever. Forever on this earth, in, in our lifetime, is marked by frustration and lack of fulfillment. We cannot get around it. That's part of the brokenness, not because God did it to us, because we decided to go against the grain of His design. So now we get to the second big question. Does it mean... If work is marked by frustration and a lack of fulfillment, if that is part of the hand I've been, that I've been dealt, if we can say it that way, does it mean that we will never experience joy and fulfillment in our work again? Does it mean this is all there is for me? And the answer again, I believe, is no. Okay, this is not all there is. In Genesis 3 verse 17 to 19, God says, because of rebellion, you have these negative consequences, things that, that was added to the mix, right? Painful toil. But directly after he says painful toil, what followed? He says, but you will eat from that ground. In, in the next sentence, he says, as you plant, there will be thorns and thistles, but you will eat from the field. In verse 19, it will be the sweat of, the of your brow, but you will eat. So every time he says there is something negative, a negative consequence to our rebellion against God, uh, uh, for going against the grain of our design, but his beautiful purpose, his design is not just 
gone. Because of sin, our work will be hard, our work will be frustrating, and it will probably be not be as fruitful as you are hoping it to be, as you want it to be. But because of God's intention for work, because of God's design for work, we will have glimpses of the beauty and the genius and the joy that was supposed to be the routine characteristics of our work life. It is still there and we will still experience it. So work suddenly isn't without fruit. Okay, our, our future is not just pain and thorns and thistles and, and sweat. Our future is also fruit and food. The, our work will bear fruit. might not be exactly what you want, but it will still bear fruit fruit so work will be on the one hand side frustrating but the, on the other hand side it's a basic human need and it will also be fulfilling both of them are there, there. and here's the what, what i want to leave us with today because i i know what you're already thinking okay louis like these negative things are there but what does it mean to me what do i do with it so where does it leave it how how should we view work if you're not a christian there's a good chance that, that you might just want to give up on it. But Christians have hope. We, we know the story of Jesus that changed everything. That changed our relationship with God. That repaired the damage that was done. That is bringing the perfect world back back to us on His return. And as Christians, we have hope in God's story of redemption, also redemption for His design of work. So we don't just hope that my sin is, forgi forgot is forgiven. I don't just hope that my relationship with my Father is repaired. I don't just have hope to, to spend eternity with God. I also have hope that His design for work will be redeemed. That is what Jesus came to this world for, to redeem God's creation. Other people might grow discouraged, but as Christians, we have the comfort. We've got um, the, the consolation that enables us, this consolation of, of hope, of redemption, that enables us to work with all our being and never be ultimately discouraged by the frustrating present reality of work. We know we don't have to give up. We know we, we shouldn't just bring half of what we can bring. We know we, we do it in excellence. We know we do our best. And we have this hope that because we know Jesus, we don't have to be ultimately completely discouraged. Because this present reality is not the only reality. We accept the fact that in this world, during my lifetime, our work will always fall short. That's part of it. We'll bear some fruit, but it will never be perfect. And guess what other thing is the same? I'm the same. I will always fall short, the Bible says in Romans 3 verse 23, of the glory of God. I will never be perfect because of sin, because of my own brokenness. I will never live up to God's perfect standard. That is why I have hope in Jesus. That's why I'm not trying to, to redeem myself. And in the same way, I accept the fact that my work will fall short. It won't always deliver the fruit I'm hoping for. It will cause pain. It will take sweat. But I do not 
give up. Because I know that the work in this life does not have the final say. Guys, that is so easy. And I know some of you have hard work situations. And we, I'm still deciding, we might even add an extra topic on and, and talk a little bit about how we decide about what we want to do. I'm, we'll see what we get. But I know for some of you, your, your work circumstances really feels like it's draining the life out of you. Part of that is just part of the human story. It's part of the brokenness we're living in. But when we know Jesus, that's not the final say. We can still experience glimpses of His design. And we know that one day on G with Jesus' return, everything will be made perfect. But for now, let's live with the same kind of hope that I have for my own redemption. Let's have that same kind of hope when it comes to our work life. Let us pray. Jesus, thank you. That just as my sin doesn't have the final say, my work and the fruitlessness that I sometimes experience in it doesn't have the final say. Yes, the brokenness is part of this world because we rebelled against you, but your perfect design is still alive. It's still here. We still benefit from it. And I pray today, God, that we will experience glimpses of it more and more. I pray that we will not grow ultimately discouraged, but that our hope will rest solidly in the redemption of Jesus Christ, the redemption you give us. We pray it in your name alone. Amen. Guys, I said last week, I wanted to give you a bit of an update on, on um, where we are with our COVID-19 relief hunt. Um, since, since March, we had to, whether we had the finances or not. Um, some of you that doesn't know our story, we launched in September 2019, um, Prodeo Church in Durbanville area. So our church was running there for about six months and then lockdown happened. And for a new church, it's really hard because we, we need to see that momentum building. And um, suddenly we were at a place where we were thrown out of our comfort zone, just as every other church and every other business out there. But we had to figure out what are we going to do in this difficult time? We have some money. Are we going to save it? Are we going to hold on to it? Or are we going to use it to bless God's people that really needed it? And we faced some serious realities in our own church with single mothers who suddenly couldn't pay the bills because they couldn't work, they couldn't earn commission. We faced the reality of people that lost the jobs completely, of people who didn't have any form of income and couldn't get help from from um, the government because they weren't South Africans. We faced so many challenges and we decided that we are going to support these people. And we invited you to be part of that, to love your neighbor, not only through what we say and saying we're going to pray for you, but also loving them in a very practical way with our finances. And since March, we have seen money coming in um, for our COVID-19 relief fund. And to date, we have received 19,820 Rand. And for a very new small church, I want you to just give yourself a pat on the back or a hand. I really believe that's some faithfulness there that we re received this. For a new church, I really think that is awesome. That is above, over and above 
your, your giving to the church. And we've been able to, in this time, um, help people and bless other people um, with the amount of 28,258 rand and 8 cents. That is the amount that we've spent. That is how we've helped single mothers with groceries. That is how we've helped someone that was almost kicked out of the house to pay their rent. This is how we've helped people to just put food on the table, to um, get data on their cell phones, to search for work. With that, we've been able to bless people and serve our community. So it means there's a bit of a gap in between, but we're okay with it. We trust God um, to fill, to to patch all the all the leaky holes we have. Also, this month was the highest giving we've received for COVID-19, and I really want to thank you. This month we've received just in in, in June 8,100 rand for our COVID-19 relief fund. So thank you for being faithful. And I want you to know that every cent you give to that goes exclusively to help people who cannot at this time for various reasons completely help themselves. So thank you for being faithful. I also want to thank you. After um, after the lockdown started in March, we still had a decent month of income at our church. But from April, our income dropped by about two thirds. And for a new church, that can be devastating. And I was praying about it. I wasn't sure what we're going to do. And um, I really believe God's faithfulness, your faithfulness. You stepped up to the challenge. I invited you last week. And in June, we our income went back up. We are close to where we were um, before lockdown. And I just want to say, guys, thank you. When you invest in God's kingdom world work, it helps us. And by the way, all work, as we said, right, is, is at the end of the day, kingdom work when we do it as followers of Jesus. But by investing in the church, we've got the opportunity to bring media like this to people. We've got opportunity to reach out to people, to serve people, to help people, and to make sure that more people meet Jesus and are discipled. Now, if you want to continue to give, please do that. Um, I'm going to hand over now and then you will get all the details on how you can give to our church. If you want to give to COVID-19 Relief Fund, please use the reference um, COVID-19. If you give to our church, use whatever reference you want, your name or giving. And if you're watching this on Seal Scores, you're welcome to just use the reference Seal Scores because then a part of what you're giving also goes back to Seal Scores to make sure that that work can continue. So thank you for joining me today. I'm handing over now and there you get some info on how you can give. Thank you for being a part of our online service today. If you enjoyed the service and feel you want to contribute to what Brodeo is doing, consider giving financially to our church. There's two ways you can do that. The first way is through our banking details and the second way is through Snapscan. Both of these steps is available on our website. You can just go to www.prodeo.org.za forward slash give or you can follow the link below in the comments. If you enjoyed the video, Please share it to everyone you know. We want more people to connect to life-changing relationships. That is it from us. Bye.